Obama Malia Obama Malia Obama Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Making the Man podcast. I'm Jimmy, your host, and my lovely co-host joins me. My name is Emmett. I hope you've taken your multivitamins because I sure have and I'm feeling great. We're not sponsored by multivitamins yet. <laughs> We're not sponsored by uh, nondescript, vague multivitamins um, or any kind of international pharmaceutical corporations. Although if we could sell our souls, I would sign us both immediately. Oh yeah, to the pharmaceutical companies? Oh hell God, yeah. I want that money. <laughs> they make a shitload of money. What are we talking about today, Jimmy? Uh, today is episode six. Wow, we're on six episodes. And six freaking yeah. episodes. Can you believe it? I know. Is it time for retirement? Maybe. We're getting Maybe. close. Maybe sh- you know, we, we peaked really early. So we should just like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we hit our prime in about episode three, like 10 or 11 minutes in. Uh, anyway, episode six. Today's episode is going to be about overcoming our weakest moments. Our weakest moments because being a man, I think, is not something that you just switch on like a light. I think it's a process. And you and I have had a storied past where I think we've both had moments of weakness. And um, because of the nature of this episode, I would like to volunteer you to go first. You want me to go first? Okay. <laughs> Um, all right. So let's start with like an age range. How about that? Like, let's, let's start with high school. At high school? I think that's the primest for most people where generally an individual is the most shitty that they will ever be. Um, hopefully you grow out of that, but, but yeah, I mean, I remember being between 13 and 17 years old when I was in high school and, and being generally a shithead. So I figured that that'd be a good place to focus on first. You can talk about high school because I don't have, I don't, I don't remember anything so bad in high school that I consider a weak moment. I didn't have like a really weak moment until I was like 19 or 20. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, well how, how about you start there? Okay. So I'll talk about two different instances. This first instance was when I was around 19 or 20. So to set the stage, I just finished high school. I... In the three months after high school, I think I gained about 20 pounds. This is is very common. Yeah. This is before even, yeah, before I even started college. This is just the summer. That's how bad I let myself go. Can you talk about why? Like, was there any, anything that happened to you that, that made you just forget your fitness and your health? It was because, oh, for those of you that don't know, I was a track athlete in high school. So I was varsity track for four years. Great pole vaulter. Thank you. I think I just, because I wasn't doing track and that senior year, I was so jaded. I just let myself go. And then that kind of spiraled into like not getting to the school I wanted to get to. So I had to settle for community college. And with that, I didn't know what to do with my life. I was so lost at that period of time. Were you working at all? No, I didn't work for a long time. I was just living off of financial aid like a bum. I was a bum for like two or three years after Whoa, high school. That's unforgivable, yeah. Jimmy. Yeah, I wasn't contributing to anything. I was I was living off of financial aid. I gained a shitload of weight. All three of our listeners just unsubscribed. <laughs> <laughs> all two. There are two people that listened. I checked. 
Really? Holy shit. Hey, hi there, guys. Uh, Jerry and Ryan. God, I hope I got your names right. That'd be hilarious. But yeah, it was just a culmination of all these things, and it felt so bad. I didn't know what I was doing. I barely got the classes I wanted at community college, although I did end up liking them. But yeah, it was just a downward spiral, and for like a culmination of a few years after that, I was just so stagnant. I tried really hard to start working out. I got a gym membership. I had a personal trainer for like 12 sessions, and those first few months were fine. But then, like, after the personal training, it was over. After I didn't, like, continue building up the discipline, it was just gone. And then I got into a relationship, and you gain relationship weight, and it's like a downward fucking spiral. So, um, can you talk about, like, the length of time between your lowest point? I mean, we're, we're let's call it at, like, um, the maximum amount of weight you've gained, not getting into the school you want to get into not getting very many classes at the community college that you're at. Um, sorry for ending my sentence with a preposition. So, so let's say that's your lowest note. Um, how long did it take for you to get to a point where you got onto an upward trajectory, which is, I think led you to, to more of like where you are now. Oh man. I would say like, Oh, I would say three, three, four years. Yeah, three, four years later after that. So when I was maybe 24. What, what do you think? 23, um, 23. Because you were obviously trying to reverse your trajectory, right? Because you were, you were heading downward and, and you're living on financial aid. And um, I'm sure you felt probably, you know, very unfulfilled, which, which I'm sure a lot of people who would listen to this podcast um, feel especially at that age, like right after high school, suddenly the world is not so structured. Institutions aren't telling you where to be at what time. And and they aren't giving you tasks that are so insultingly easy to complete. Suddenly the world is a little bit more free form. That's scary. Uh, I think a lot of people slip up at that moment in time. And so I'm sure a lot of people who, who, uh, hopefully we have some listeners who might be in that situation. What do you think kept you from that upward trajectory in those three to four years? Because you said you sought out a personal trainer. You knew there was an issue, but somehow you kept stumbling. Do you think that there was like a consistent thing that kept you stumbling or was it a collection of different things? Can, can you speak to that? Relationships. Oh, <laughs> Women. 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 Everything. Women. You know why? Okay. So in my adult life, I've had two very serious relationships. The first one spanned two years, and then the latter was started six months after the first one and lasted three years, a little over three years. And that was that was a that was a contentious one. That one, um, I don't think that that you and I have spoken or had spoken at the time too much about that process. But I would just hear tangentially of just constant uh, like fighting and and disagreements about things and i'm sitting there wondering knowing you it's like how is he handling this how could he possibly just knowing your personality type and how um how much more in your head you are than in your heart i just feel like like what in the world is he doing with this person who just can't stop being emotional about everything that was that was sort of my big thing in all those years it was i i think for me, I get very easily wrapped up in trying to fulfill other people's happiness. And I wasn't putting myself first for like a long time. A very long time I wasn't putting myself first. And 
you know, what I came to realize after trying to, you know, be the best I can be for these women, but also support them and as in all of their endeavors and whatever they're trying to do and being, you know, be the best boyfriend I can, as I can be, it was kind of a detriment because I was trying so hard that it was backfiring. It just like continued that spiral of, wow, I'm not succeeding anything I was doing. I eventually did transfer to a traditional four-year university, but then I still wasn't getting the grades I knew I could be getting if I had devoted more time to studying and less on trying to worry about these girls. And you, you went from like, sorry to interrupt you, but you, you went from one long-term relationship that I think was, in, in hindsight at least, kind of a harmful situation to you. And, and then like immediately almost, well, not immediately, but six months later, went to another one, that, which was a very similar situation. At least the results were, were similar in that they were kind of um, taking you away from things that I think you would have rather have been focusing on and you were sacrificing a lot. Again, you know, like, like it's sort of a pattern. Um, do you think that you were aware that you were making a similar mistake or, or would you not see it that way? No, because like in, if I go back to that young version of me, like I was very much in love. I very much thought this is the person I was going to marry. And I knew that very soon after talking with her for a long time. It's like what I hear about be- being in an abusive relationship. And I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to downplay abusive relationships. They are horrible. I've known people who are in abusive relationships. They are terrible to be in. If you're in one, you should probably talk to someone about it. And I hope you get out of it. I know it's hard to get out of one, but you think about the person the way you you initially met them right that person you knew in the beginning and you hope that they're that person throughout the entire relationship but that doesn't happen people change people grow people grow apart sometimes they grow together sometimes they grow into completely different people sometimes you force them to grow in a way that's really negative or sometimes you force them to grow in a way that's positive for both you and them in my case you know I think I damaged the person in the latter relationship more than I helped them. What I got out of that was, wow, I'm like a much shittier person than I think I am. When you start noticing that not only do you hurt the person that you love, but other people you love around you. So like other relationships, like friends or family, you start to see like, wow, I really need to make a change. And so when that relationship finally ended, oh, now I have this time. I have this, I, I decided very consciously to take time for myself and to become the man I always talked about and I envisioned to be. And that's where it's led me to today. And that's where I'm continuing to go. So you, you had to, um, but you had to experience this, I mean, I guess twice, a, a pretty uncomfortable situation in like breaking up and breaking out of this uh, this relationship um do you think that shock of of suddenly upending everything about um your life that was familiar and steady was was necessary for you to come to the realization that what you want is to pursue personal development more than anything and and to ignore for the most part the um this whole like relationships and love thing yeah like oh man i don't remember who said it Someone very famous, maybe it was Charles Darwin, maybe it was Jordan Peterson, I don't know, you can you can Google it. Someone, I remember watching this video and someone said, people don't change after 25. 
But there is a way to change after that age. But the only way is through trauma. So you have to experience trauma or experience extreme discomfort or or a significant amount of pain in order to change your life after a certain age. Now, I realize some, some listeners may be younger, so you're luckier, maybe. You know, your change might be more coming from deep down within inside you. I think it took me hurting people and then being hurt because of it to change. And I was very hard to deal with. That's such a tough thing to simulate because what I mean, what we want to do ultimately, I think, is to give um, advice, right? We, we want to, to sort of, through our experiences and through our reflections, this podcast is about trying to instill some kind of wisdom into the listener. And so with your experience, um, and, and this weakness that you had through like your um, late teens and your early 20s, how would you package your experience into a piece of advice that might help a listener who is maybe in a similar situation or, or who certainly feels kinship to, uh, or, or sympathy rather, to uh, your situation? How, how would you advise them to either avoid it completely or, or remedy it in the moment? Hmm. It's a big question. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. The questions are good. I think if you can empathize with people better and understand their struggles, their their trauma that they've been to, and then understand where you may come from, what your struggles are, I think building off of that will make you a better person. So an example would be like, let's say you have a friend that's really overweight and they're at a point where, you know, maybe they're type 2 diabetes. I think that's one where it's caused by your diet, not not uh, hereditary. And let's say you're not, you know, you're not there yet, but because you hang out with them a lot, you two are really close, you probably eat the same things when you guys go out, you're like, you're overweight also. So, you know, you're literally looking at your future and you're empathizing with this person like, wow, I think I see his life and I look at other people and he has trouble going upstairs. It, the way he eats is kind of crazy, you know. And then if you apply it to yourself, you're wondering, do you want that kind of life for yourself? So you kind of have an out-of-body experience, but also looking within yourself, seeing, do I want that long-term? And then you can apply it further as in, what kind of role model do I want to be for my children? If you want children, what kind of role model do I be? Do I want to be when I interact with people? How do I want people to see me? Do I like the way that people see me? Do I want to present something else? It's taking a very honest and critical look in yourself and seeing what you don't like and doing something about it. I, and that's what I really did. I looked in the mirror some days and I was like, wow, I really hate myself. What? What are my weaknesses? And I had to be brutally honest on what some of my weaknesses are. Like I used to be very robotic, very emotionless. And I think that's just, I think I get that from a little bit from my dad. Not because my dad's emotionless, but I see him tolerate so much that he can just take it and then deal with it and find a solution. But he's then, very muted, you know, like he's very patient, but yeah. certainly very muted. And, and he's not broadcasting his emotions the way that someone like me, I think, would, would be more uh, uh, closer to doing something like that. If, if I feel a thing, I think it's very apparent um, 
whereas your 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 dad is an example of somebody who just is a, a clean slate, never know what's going on. He's got that ultimate poker face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's exactly where I think I got it from. So how that affected me was there were times where I wouldn't be as outspoken when I need to be in some situations. I didn't defend people when I should have. I wasn't there for them when I should have in public situations or in private situations. And so looking at that, I was like, okay, what do I need to do? I need to be more empathetic. I need to talk to people more. I need to understand where they're coming from. I need to really imagine their struggles and their difficulty so I can relate to other human beings as actual people and not just characters in a background. Yeah, I think that... um... I think that there's also something about trying to invoke this um, this fiery intensity that young men are very capable of having. You know, like when you're 19 to like 24, I feel like you're the most susceptible to like the Gary Vaynerchuks and the uh, Jocko Willicks or whatever of the, of the world. Um, like when you're that young and going out into the world for the first time is when that fire of, of like industriousness and entrepreneurial whatever and 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 wanting to make a huge change in your life and do great successful things there's something there like you're you're ripe for inspiration i think that if you're a young guy and you're listening to this podcast expose yourself to the words and the works of great men look at and and um find people to embody and and people to admire people to mimic just straight up imitate if you can um absorb the qualities that make other men successful men who have been around longer who have seen more than you who will who will have seen more than you will ever have seen in your life just because like uh, like i'm never going to be a u.s navy seal for god's sake right jocko's got that on me forever um but but you listen to him and you feel something especially as a young man with time and with possibility in front of you that is for me, it was one of the ways that, that I think I was able to light a fire under my ass was just hearing the words of men who have done great things and realizing that there is no difference between myself and these incredible men. The only difference is time and work. And that's it. I could get from point A to point Gary Vaynerchuk. All I need to do is is be industrious and um, be crafty and be driven and work seven days a week. And and the reality of the possibilities of life, I think that's that that you're you're so much more able to realize it when you're like nineteen to twenty four as a young guy. So if you're out there and and you you feel like you're making the same mistakes that Jimmy's make that Jimmy made in in his youth, and you want to find a way to break out, I would say. His advice about empathy is extremely important, but also do what what Jimmy and I do. Listen to these people, these these men particularly, I think, great, incredible dudes, and be inspired. You are right now, if you're if you're between 19 and 24, I think, in those five years, like ripe for inspiration. You are ripe for having your mind changed by by people who have just passion and who move you so expose yourself hear their harsh criticisms listen to their broad and very general and just incredible advice and embody it because now is the time you can completely transform your life and and wake up 
in a different, a completely different, unrecognizable situation. All you need to change is your attitude. And I think that starts with the kind of media and advice that we're consuming, you know? I agree with that. I think I think that's all a part about the journey of self-discovery. It's watching, you know, men that are wiser than you. I think that's what we're trying to do too. Like if we're talking, if our listeners are younger than us, like I hope you, we can advise you well. And then there, there are men much older than us, I hope, will advise you well too. And you, you see what you like and you, you kind of take what you think you need. And it's trial and error from there. Oh, like, I like the way he speaks. How did he speak that way? Or I like the way he writes. How did he start getting to write that way? Or I like the way he looks. How did he, what did he do to work out? And from there, you start pulling these pieces from people and start forming yourself. And I think that's a great tangible way in order to discover who you really are and who you want to be. You have to be actively searching to discover yourself. A lot of people don't even want to open that door. I guess maybe because it's daunting, because it's a bit scary, or because the work is going to be difficult. But some people just don't want to start. They don't want to try, you know? Some people are just secure in who they are. That's why, yeah, but, but like who they are is not someone that they should be comfortable being. I mean, sometimes who you are is not enough, not for yourself, not for the people who love you and depend on you, um, not for your, your parents, not for your friends, not for your significant others. Sometimes you need to examine just straight up the results of, of what you produce as the person that you are in the current state. And if that's not enough, make a change and step it up. And that's why I believe in trauma or pain. Like with, oh man, I forgot who said this. Oh, it was from the Mission Impossible movie. <laughs> oh my goodness. If oh you guys God. watch Mission Impossible Fallout, it's a great fucking movie. Anyway. I, I haven't seen it yet. I'm a big fan of the series. It's great. But anyway. This, this Saturday. Anyway, go on, go on, go on. In, <laughs> Not in a this, movie podcast. <laughs> in this movie, you know, the villain speaks about with great pain comes great change. And I'm a, total believer in that because i was complacent before i thought i was fine i thought i was a great person what what else did jimmy need to improve on and uh, it wasn't until i started inflicting and receiving pain the emotional kind not physical that's when i started to realize oh wow i need i have a lot to work on and that's when you start struggling with who you are and what you want to do for those of you that are listening and maybe are not at the point of having experienced the kind of pain I'm talking about. I hope you preemptively go out and maybe look up Jocko Willink, who who is a retired Navy SEAL, or Gary Vaynerchuk, who is a very, very passionate and smart businessman. I hope you watch men like those, hear their words, and kind of take something from it at the very least. Because hopefully you won't have to inflict your feel pain in order to change yourself for the better. I think that's like sometimes you it's not the trauma necessarily that I think is is what makes that change. I think that um the trauma leads to incredible humility because you realize how delicate everything around you can be and how much of uh of a victim of circumstance anyone can become at any given moment. I think I think it forces humility on you, which is what makes trauma useful but i don't think it's necessary so i wouldn't advise you to go out and uh, <laughs> seek out trauma right? yeah don't, don't find trauma you don't want to seek go out, out problems go out and seek out life experiences which can sometimes they can be terrifying sometimes they can be dire and devastating life experiences are, are great 
and find yourself in, in as many situations as you can where, um, where, where you're in those moments and you're learning from them. But the ultimate result of trauma, I think, is humility. And if you can instead embody humility without needing the trauma, you can save yourself a lot of trouble and then get all the results anyway. I, I would I would highly recommend um, the listener to just reflect on humility. Find every excuse, every moment of every day to be incredibly grateful for everything that's happening around you. And I promise you will be in that same headspace that the person who suffered so much in their childhood and ended up being this wise and loving and kind and patient person, you can still do those things and be those things. Because what makes that person special, the person who suffered, is that they had to learn humility very early. But you don't have to have it forced on you. You can just embody it. But learn gratitude. That has to be step number one. If you want to avoid so many of the mistakes that Jimmy and I have made, and I haven't even talked about mistakes in my life, then just learn gratitude. I agree with that. I can talk about some of my my own like weakness, I think, if you'd like. We're coming up to the end of the time here. Yeah, we should talk about your experiences too. I think we talked enough about mine and my perspective and, and how I came to be and what my advice would be. So what are some weak moments from you? Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say one very broad and general weak moment. Um, as I was alluding to earlier in the episode, uh, high school was a mess for me. It ended very very well, and I was able to overcome a lot of these weaknesses, which is again the point of the podcast. But I, like many other adolescent boys, was um, incredibly isolated. That was self inflicted. I was incredibly angry both at myself and at the world. Again, this anger was self-inflicted. All of my issues, I didn't know how to talk to women. I didn't know how to keep friends. I wasn't athletic. I wasn't very creative. I wasn't interesting to talk to or funny or charming or I wasn't a very good leader. All of these issues that I had through high school were because of um, self-inflicted anger and a lack of gratitude. I just wasn't grateful for my life, for the for the sacrifices that the people were making around me to give me my comfortable and cushy life. And I went through life being incredibly angry at everything. And you wonder why. You look back and you wonder, what was it about being a teenage boy, about being isolated, about feeling like you don't belong? What, what was causing that? And I have a theory, and my theory is because we as as teenagers are incredibly incapable. We're not really very good at much of anything. We are resource drains. We aren't very intelligent or well-spoken or well-read. We haven't had any life experiences, not not many of us at least, um, when you're at that age between you know 14 and 18 or in my case 13 and 17. I think that we just aren't willing to look at ourselves at that time and recognize our our capacity for, for, for just failure. Like we're not very good at much and we don't want to admit that to ourselves because all of our life before our adolescence had been fine. And suddenly you realize that the world has expectations of you and you need to perform and you need to rise above and do better and compete. But you're still very empty and you're still forming yourself. And I think there's a, there's a frustration there. That coupled with a general lack of gratitude, I think is what created my moments of weakness in that I wasn't able to build lasting relationships and whatever relationships I had, I poisoned because I just was ungrateful for them. I'm going to drill this home for, for as long as we can here at this podcast. Gratitude is sorely missing from the hearts and minds of, of young men, 
especially in adolescence. You need to find a way, no matter your situation, whether it's dire in a way that I'll never understand or much better than I could ever imagine, you need to find a way to look at your life and recognize the sacrifices that the people around you, the adults in your life have made to secure your safety your shelter, your happiness, your warmth, your food for for days upon days upon weeks and years. So many people have given so much just to get you to wake up in the morning, get on the bus to go to school, and, and you're just sitting there and being ungrateful. And I think that we just don't understand the scope of sacrifice that so many people make for us. And the sooner that you can realize that, the sooner that you can be grateful for those things. The moment that I became grateful for those things was the moment that I grew up. The moment that I think I started to understand what it meant to be a man. And before that point, the biggest difference between, I think, shitty teen version of Emmett and maybe adult version of Emmett was just a matter of of gratitude and nothing more. If you take anything from this episode or anything from my advice or Jimmy's advice, I think that humility, gratitude, focus on those things, meditate on those things, think about them all the time, embody them, just cement them into your brain and never let yourself think about anything else, at least not for the next week. And I promise you that you will transform and you will live a different life simply by virtue of altering your attitude permanently and and in in a way that you that improves you in a way that you could have never possibly imagined so please if you're out there if you're feeling disaffected if you're feeling disillusioned if you're a young guy you're frustrated you're angry you're isolated just start by humbling yourself and being grateful and that's my fucking soapbox <laughs> to build upon that i think a very very practical way to build that kind of humility and gratitude is when you wake up every morning, get a piece of paper or get your phone or get like a notepad and write three things you're grateful for before you start your day. Just when you wake up, write three things down that you're grateful for. And then throughout the day, remind yourself of those things that you're grateful for. And when those things happen, like, oh, I'm grateful for my mom or I'm grateful for my friends or I'm grateful for it's not raining today, whatever. It could be whatever it is. I think that'll make you more humble because you'll appreciate even the most smallest things. And once it's you do incredible. that, like, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, once you appreciate even the smallest things when people or when, when people do bigger things or when something larger happens, like a large event, you'll truly feel grateful for it. You have to train gratitude the way that you train a muscle in the gym. You really do. You have to learn it. And I think that's, that's part of the reason why some people never change. Like you, like you said, this people don't, don't change after 25, right? Mm-hmm. I think that is strictly because of an absence of gratitude. I, I really do. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. No one, or the people that don't change and that never grow out of high school, just never bother to learn to be grateful. That will set you apart and it'll transform your life. It won't give you anything, right? Nothing is going to get handed to you. But if you can learn gratitude, especially at an early age, you are setting the stage for what will become a fruitful and successful life. Now, Jimmy and I are young. We're in our early to mid-20s, right? We're not Gary Vaynerchuk. We're not Jacko Wilkin. We're, we're not um, Willick, sorry. We're not uh, these these prominent big businessmen. But maybe uh, that might connect to you more because we're still trying to figure it out. But we are living demonstrations of how much an 
attitude change can alter someone's life. Attitude is everything. Attitude, your perspective on life and applying what we talked about today, empathy, gratitude, humility, I think makes you a more altruistic person. And I think that has a better outlook on life than anything. And you'll be happier for it. Truly, you will. Mm-hmm. That was a... Uh... That was kind of emotionally exhausting for me. I really went off on that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was feeling this episode, man. I'm glad. Did you was feel- there anything else you uh, you wanted to bring up? Uh, no. Those are the main points I wanted to talk about. That's good, man. I feel I feel very, very... I feel that was like a good workout. <laughs> Cathartic? Absolutely. Cathartic. That's my favorite word in the English language, truly. That, Catharsis. Uh, I, I, Catharsis is such a great Catharsis. word. And such a cool meaning too, I think. So So yeah, I'm feeling that catharsis shit. I got that catharsis enema just now, just like all over. <laughs> yeah, I said that. I said that and we're recording. That's permanently at the internet. For those of you who don't know what an enema is, Google it. But don't hit images. Don't hit images. <laughs> just Google the definition. All right. Well, let's conclude it with that. I want to thank everyone for listening to the Making the Man podcast. I've been your host, Jimmy. You can follow me at Jimmy Taizy, Ty is spelled T-H-A-I. And if you want to have questions or comments or concerns, you want us to talk about something or you have a question uh, regarding the podcast or a topic you think we you want us to talk about, email us at makingthemanpodcast at gmail.com that's makingthemanpodcast at gmail.com that's where you can find me where they can where can they stalk you emmett so uh they can stalk your humble co-host emmett uh all over the place i'm on youtube at hi i think i'm real i was a humble little channel with about uh, just under eighteen thousand subscribers humble i do boy. a lot of social uh socio- sociological bullshit and po- politics and things like that um so if you want to get angry at my opinions and leave me uh, horrible comments, <laughs> that's where you want to do it. You can also find me um, posting all sorts of hot takes on on Twitter. Recently, I've been on a hot take binge, man. I just want to anger everybody. There's this thing on Twitter where you get ratioed, where like you make a post, tweets and likes are low, but comments are super high because everyone hates what you said, right? <laughs> so I so I go I come out there and like just when I'm bored, I just say shit like Amy Schumer is objectively the best comedian of all time. Oh my god. And, Ratio instantly, or like the last Airbender movie was just not that bad. Ratio, (laughs) it's been fantastic. (laughs) So, if you want to get really angry at me, there, uh, Twitter is going to be think I'm real. That's one word, no capitalizations, no symbols, just think I'm real. And that same username will uh, allow you to find me on Instagram where I post an inordinate amount of selfies uh, because I'm incredibly uh, sort of you know into myself so it's a problem i'm working on it (laughs) like we all are all right thank you for listening everyone we'll see you next week we'll see you guys take care